Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 49! Episode 49, take 56! Yay! (laughs) We should start off by apologising that this episode is a little late. We are sorry. We're never normally late. We, we, we were bang on time every week, but uh, the gods decided to act against us. Sinead's computer exploded. Yeah, there was a power cut and then the computer fell down and someone actually messaged us on Instagram going, did you mention the Fae? Yes. Uh, in, a, 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 and we never would have because they're wonderful, lovely, lovely people. We did mention snow beasts, actually, when we were first recording this and maybe we angered them. Maybe that was a thing we didn't know. <laughs> Maybe so. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah. There's a Yeti somewhere that is fucking furious with us. <laughs> but we are here. Don't worry. It's episode 49. We're with you. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. It's I'm confused. It's a day later and I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> People have messaged us going, oh, is it Friday? I don't, I don't know what day it is. I don't know. I'm, Luckily, I'm, we're in lockdown. No one knows what day it is at all. But this is the rare occasion where you actually get to record on a Friday. <gasps> Woohoo! Friday! I'll stop now. Don't do that ever again. Sorry, I, 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 was quite upset. I overstepped my mark. Well, any poisonings this week? <laughs> uh, no, no, but I haven't left the house. No. So I don't know. Not that I've heard of. How are the neighbours next door? Uh, well, they have been quieter, actually. So, Is that because uh, of so you potent- paying them a little visit? <laughs> so there's a potential poisoning going on there. Uh, but no, they, or they could have just left. I don't know. You don't care. I don't care. You neither know nor care. It doesn't matter to you. Indeed. It's all fine. It's all the same to me. You know what? It's Friday. We can raise a glass. People are listening to this on Saturday morning, maybe hung over to shit. Uh, like we will, probably. <laughs> like you will, dear. You will. Well, I have to edit this afterwards. You get to just, this is my episode. You get to sit and drink on a Friday and listen to stories. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say vaguely compassmentous to try and get this out to the good people who, uh, who follow us. Vaguely. Well, well. speaking of poisoning neighbours and uh, and waiting in bated breath, I think it's time for us to thank our Patreon subscribers. How, how no, just that's what, what's going, <laughs> well, what, how did that work? No. <laughs> it worked, but it worked, Nick. You didn't know how it worked, but it worked. Did it? Magic. Magic. Right. Magic. I've thrown glitter. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> that must be that must be what it is. Yes, we do. They are entirely marvelous. So we this week we have to thank the very special Alison Vaughan. 
Alison Bourne, our Patreon subscriber of the week. Subscriber, the subscriber of the week. You're the one. Just you the you the just one. get special treatment. You are the one. The one. <laughs> the one. Oh, she has the one ring. Oh, precious. <laughs> I don't know, Alison. You might have one ring. Uh, you might be evil. We don't know. But uh, you might be very nice. Who knows? But we love well, we're you. We're not going to judge either way. We don't judge. We know you're very <laughs> sexy because you're a Patreon subscriber and all Patreon subscribers are innately sexy. And um, also, yeah, alive and covered in flesh, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to weird places. I have to say, it's going to weird places. Not entirely comfortable. It's Friday. There are no holds Friday, barred. Okay. I think, can we hold a few things? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right into that one, didn't you, Nick? <laughs> well, Nick, I, 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 I dare to ask, but are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Oh, well, because, I, God damn it, I am. I, I, yeah, so it would seem. I think to say otherwise would be to invite a horrendous wrath. Yes, or we we could drink poison and talk about cocktails, which is what will happen if this recording fucks up again. <laughs> no, I've got stuff to be done. Stuff to be doing this like, this weekend. So have, it, have no, you? No poison to be done. Wait, wait, wait a minute, what are you doing this weekend while the rest of us stare into the void? You stare into the void, I'm doing, I've got stuff to be done. It's not, it's not exciting stuff, but it's still stuff <laughs> he's doing. Or are you going to go downstairs? I might You're go gonna downstairs. come back upstairs. <laughs> you don't know the excitement that is my stairs. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you do over weekend. Sometimes mm. you don't text me for a while and you were like, I was out for a walk. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know. With my other friends. You don't have other friends. You, you have, know. you have carers. <laughs> <laughs> friends who care that's all i meant right yeah mm. fine go go out with the other friends then fine fine <clears throat> did they tell you stories and get you drunk yes oh shit <laughs> but i don't record it on the podcast form <laughs> <laughs> we don't force other people to listen to our friendship <laughs> well you know what it's my story this week hooray 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 but as we've established we can't we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand no um as you know Dear listeners, every week we pick a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. My story, so my pick. And this week's secret ingredient is lemon. Lemon. Now, how have we not done lemon? Well, you know, I was thinking this when you told me that I don't know how we've not actually covered lemon. Because it's in many a drink, but we've mm. not had it as a secret ingredient as of yet. Yes. Probably that is story related, I'm sure. No lemon infused stories. Well, there is lemon in this story, thankfully. Otherwise, this would just be lies. Uh, and my <laughs> life is built on lies, as you know. This is true. Yes. Um, but yeah, we've done so many cocktails with lemon in it. And lemon seems to be probably the most popular ingredient we've ever used, uh, aside from gin. But yeah, I mean, it, especially in, in gin cocktails, it's incredibly mm. well used. Indeed. Well, with lemon as the absolute curveball ingredient, what what on earth did you come up with, Nick? Well, so the temptation was to go with something ginny-based. Um, ginny-based. that does go very well with the citrus. But we have done a lot of those sort of classic cocktails Ooh. with gin and lemon. So we've done the White Lady and we've done the Aviation. Okay. So we've, already, so we've gone for something a bit different. So we have gone for a intriguing cocktail that I've never had before called a gold rush. A gold rush. Oh, I like it. It's good. Oh, it's it's the Charlie Chaplin film and the time when people went hunting for gold. Yes, both in of those things. America. Yes, uh, that's yes. that's all I know about the gold rush. That and <clears throat> the the Donner party. I think they were hunting for gold and then terrible things happened to them. That's a good story, but it's not poison I don't related. Think they were hunting for cocktails. Oh, if they'd been hunting for cocktails, they would have been fine. They wouldn't have all frozen to death and resorted to cannibalism. <laughs> uh, plenty of ice. It would have been good. 
Oh, oh that's cocktails. true. And they brought lemons with them. They're precious lemons. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Well, that's how the gold rush worked out, apparently, <laughs> an alternate history. But a gold rush. Love the sound of that. Mm. And it's not, oh, you're saying it's not gin based. Okay, 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 okay. Well, I'm intrigued. So Nick has ever, since we're in lockdown, delivered me a selection of secret ingredients. So it's time for us to go into our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Gold rush. Now, Nick, it is rather golden looking well, this is encouraging yes it is it, it, it yes. is and it's not the usual brown um, no the browns have stood as well even though they look horrible done as well but we've gone away from the brown to a more of a goldeny strawy wee colored drink oh god yes now i've said it it looks like we yes <laughs> welcome to your secret ingredient <laughs> have you just pissed in a bottle and delivered it to yep. me you were so annoyed about all of the shenanigans that went on with this week's recording you were like, mine's okay. gonna be echo yeah mine, well, I had, not in mine i haven't so it's, mine's gonna be great i've never thought of that actually that each week you could just deliver me any old shit in a bottle and i wouldn't know and i'd go oh it's lovely you're giving me ideas now well before we give you any more ideas so the gold rush i'm not allowed to ask you what's in it anymore no, am i i have more. to taste it first all right so gold rush goldeny goodness on the rocks so let's dive in mm-hmm. cheers cheers ah whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh, no, that's, that's tasty nice. that's very nice oh that's damn tasty oh god that's nice oh <laughs> that is literally everything i wanted right now it's <laughs> friday i finished work this is this is heaven in a glass oh you talk through it while I spend some time with this drink. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna good. be alone with the drink for a bit. You you talk. What's in it? <laughs> tell me every tell me every little detail. Admit nothing, no matter how filthy. <laughs> Not entirely sure what you're thinking, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but well, as you might have guessed, it does have a lemon in it. Fuck off. I know, crazy. I mean, there, there was there was the temptation to go to go put do a curveball and go, well lemon but not actually put lemon in it but do yellow things oh, just what like a pint of chartreuse oh, that would have been an option that, god I you could have i perhaps wouldn't have given you a pint because that would have just been a waste <laughs> um but we didn't do any of that um we've actually gone with lemon but we have a bourbon based beverage it's a bourbon so, so yeah, so yeah not going for the gin so we have bourbon lemon and a honey syrup a honey syrup. Oh, that's the sweetness. That's the good yes. sweetness. So, yeah, it's a bit different. It's just a normal, plain, simple syrup, just made with sugar. Um, yeah. It does have a very, very, very different flavour. Um, it's got a nice so mouthfeel as well. It's got a velvetiness. Just those three ingredients shaken together, served over a big chunk of ice. Is that it? That, uh, that's, that's it. Oh, it's my God, that's so sim- easy. Simplicity itself. Incredibly easy for everyone at home to make this one. You've got a bottle of bourbon in the background. You can make this, not a bother at all. And in I'll... the background. I, I like the, the idea that the, the, the bourbon is just stalking them in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Watching it's them. Always in, in, the, in the background of every picture, they've got the bourbon <laughs> following them around. <laughs> Up a tree. And it never, never moves <laughs> when they turn around, but yeah, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> so take your haunted bourbon, add a lemon to it to quell it. <laughs> <laughs> add a bit of lemon and a bit of honey, and you have a marvellous gold rush. That is delicious. I'm surprised how delicious that is. Now, I, I think I was saying to you the other day that I'm much more into bourbon than I ever thought I would be. And it's because of this podcast. I never drank mm-hmm. bourbon before this podcast, before we started having cocktails together. And even when we used to go out for cocktails, I'd naturally choose something gin or tequila based. A, a white spirit, if you will. But bourbon, I always associated it with 
Jack Daniels, which isn't even a bourbon, is it? It's not even no. a good one. But now I've gotten bourbon. Oh, I'm into my bourbon drinks. And that <laughs> is glorious. It's it a little a sweet, drink. but with the, it just works. Everything perfect. about this works. It's a perfect drink. You're a genius, Nick, I for know. inventing it. I'm, I'm marvellous. I did not invent it. I wish I could. wish I could take credit for that one. No um, one's going to know. <laughs> I'll know. <laughs> that's where your moral compass sits yes, at. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> well, it's th- that's stealing someone know. else's cocktails. No, no, no. <laughs> Hurling abuse at your co-presenter. Yes, yes, yes. That's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Oh well, I'll I'll forgive you that because you've made me a delicious, delicious drink. Mm. Well, how kind. Oh, that's going to go down really quickly. I feel a bunch of these coming on this evening. Uh, apologies <laughs> in advance of the editing of this is shot to shit, but it's been a hell of a week, guys. But Gold Rush, a roaring success, and with our Gold Rushes firmly in hand, no one's taking it from us, are you ready for a story, Nick? Oh, I think so. It's Friday. We've got a cocktail. It's Friday. Time for a story. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, I thought, I thought, I thought... We could. Did you? What did you think? I, I thought we could go back to the 1800s in France. Oh. Ooh, it's a country. Is it? Yes. Thanks for that. I'm laying out all the detail for you. To... So, yeah. Okay, we're in the 1800s, we're in France. Okay, so that's, a, that's a huge amount of detail. Put on a there. piece of toast. I set the toaster to three, medium brown. No. Um, we are going to tell the story of three friends. Brothers, Auguste and Hippolyte, ballet. Very nice, very French, mm. very French name. French, French. And their friend Edme, Samuel Castaing. Three mm. men, 
three friends, three friends in France. Uh, I don't know why I put so much drama on that bit. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we're really saying the same. We've got three people in France. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, but where will the story go? Ooh. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, the possibilities are now still endless. It's not one, um, but three people. That's math you can't even do. Auguste and Hippolyte Ballet, the Ballet brothers, let's call them, were the sons of a wealthy lawyer, very well-to-do. Auguste was the elder brother. And he is a very strapping lad. He's very healthy uh, into his teens, but he's very lazy, a little bit feckless. Pretty much due to the fact that his mother had reportedly taken an instant dislike to him after he was born. (laughs) Yeah, apparently five days after he was born, a nurse dropped him in front of the mother and the mother found this so distressing that she became ill and blamed the son for the rest of his life this mother is a fool she's not a very nice woman no this is not no no this is blame the nurse that's the one exactly yeah blame the nurse she's the one who's throwing your children around Surely she bears some responsibility for well, this yeah. shock and terror. Maybe she um, was maybe she was in a relationship with a nurse and she didn't want to find fault with the nurse. And go, no, please, it was my stupid son's fault for being a baby. <laughs> Apparently he had to eat in the kitchen with the servants. My God. Yeah, whereas his younger brother, uh, Ippolit, and his sister were allowed to eat with the family. And he was packed off to boarding school when he was five. So, you know, he was he, he was a bit bitter. Hippolyte, um, by comparison, was doted on by his mother and, and afforded all the luxuries that most kids would have. And he was very studious and intelligent. He worked very, very hard, unlike his brother. But he was a little bit sickly. He suffered from consumption, oh. which apparently he had um, inherited from his mother. So his mother's just a bitch all around. Can you, can you, I don't, do you inherit consumption you can leave it in your will is it, is it yes. like a gift <laughs> <laughs> when i die you will get the tb that i so cherished <laughs> your grandmother had it and she had it before her it's a family tradition here's my consumption Some that's a bad will reading isn't it, it, yeah, it to really you is, yeah. i leave my house to you i leave syphilis <laughs> <laughs> so the brothers they befriended in their youth um edme castang i think i'm saying that right edme it's e-d-m-e french name edme as long as I don't call um, him Esme, then it's fine. Yes. That was his alter ego as you know, a showgirl. <laughs> At a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he loved to dance. Uh, Edme was the youngest of three sons, and he's born into a respectable, comfortable family, not overly wealthy. But um, he is very, very bright and very studious young man. And he decides he's going to take a career in medicine. So he studies at the School of Medicine in Paris. By all accounts, he's a remarkable student, works very hard, wins many awards. He's not poor but he's definitely going to have to work for a living. Whereas the ballet brothers, money's going to come to them via mummy and daddy when they pop off. No inherited TB for him. No, 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 no. He didn't get any TB at all. He only got a mild cough, which was uh, more (laughs) distressing, I feel. But a doctor can command a respectable income and a a good reputation. So he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. But poor Edme, around the age of 22, 23, while still working to qualify as a doctor, he found himself very distracted. Distracted by the shapely form of a widow oh those widows <laughs> those widows yeah yeah the widows are always up to no good in these absolutely, stories absolutely yeah indeed <laughs> just prowling around <laughs> dressed in sexy black absolutely all under a shawl yeah very and, mysterious. They're, and they're all buxom as well they're all cinched at the right places <laughs> <laughs> pouncing on unsuspecting youths pretty much yeah, well i mean you, you're widowed and you're horny and young medical student he's gonna know his way around maybe <laughs> or if he doesn't he will do after he's met the widow Oh God, that's a point. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you. 
Have you reached this far in your training? Oh God, figuratively and literally. (laughs) (laughs) He could not mend a broken leg, but he knew everything about the vagina. It was amazing. It wasn't a gynecologist, strangely enough. But she is the widow of a judge. She has three children already. And she's been around the block. Well, at least three times. At at least she's had sex three times. The scandal. She knows what she's doing. But they start a passionate affair. And this liaison continues. They would go on to... Well, they had two illegitimate children together. So they, they I think she's had sex a full five times now. My God. Romance is one thing, if you can call it that. But this is before he's even a fully qualified doctor. He is now financially on the back foot. Because he's got a widow to support who was married to a judge, and by all accounts, she's, she's quite... She's not even a rich widow. Well, I don't think she is. I well, whether she is or not, she's not providing for him... She's quite demanding in her societal needs. Need more black hats. <laughs> that, that black fabric is just being used up every day. Absolutely. She just has one on like, what is it, like the big rolls of fabric in a house and she just sort of like <laughs> spins herself around each day and then goes into the streets. Can't wear the same black today <laughs> as I wore yesterday. I need you black. That, that don't come cheap. He, she's got three kids and he's now got two kids with her over the you know a short space of time. So the allowance from his own family is pretty little and to provide for this new family that he's been saddled with at the age of what, 20? five probably now five kids and a widow yeah the debts are going to start to creep in Mm, he did not think that one through to make matters worse a couple of years earlier he had voluntarily acted as a guarantor for a friend's bill for 600 francs Fool. Fool. Fooly fool. fool. Now, it was due to be paid two years later. So he had every faith in his friend or in his abilities as a doctor to be able to, you know, cover this debt. He was showing off. His friend defaulted. Yeah. So Edame is stuck with this debt and family. (laughs) Jeez. Just not what Which you is want. another kind of debt, really, isn't it? <laughs> That's another kind of hell. He does qualify as a doctor. One good thing happens. But his life um, is not started off that well when he's um, set up his own practice as a doctor. With this heavy debt on his shoulders, it can't have been much more comfort to him to find that his friends, the ballet brothers, had, had taken up ballet. No, they hadn't. They really hadn't. <laughs> I would just twist. love it if they did. <laughs> if they were really bad ballet dancers, that would be brilliant. <laughs> we were just forced into it because of the name. You have to dance. <laughs> Their family didn't understand how ballet worked, clearly. You will dance in ballet. You will keep up the name. You, you do realise that's not where it came from. Jed, get in there, you. Put on these tights. Leap higher. <laughs> we can't get any black tights. Some woman has taken them all. The Ballet Brothers receive a very, very healthy inheritance following the death of their parents. Father and mother die within a short space of each other. 260,000 francs each. Each, that each do, yeah. to the children, to the three children. <laughs> oh, tasty, tasty, tasty. Mm. And the men are now living in high society. They don't have to work. They don't have to worry about anything. But they still hung out with Edme. Because even though he's below their station, (laughs) yes, it's it's fine. They'll still be friends. Or maybe they're still friends because greater concern to all of them was the health of poor Hippolyte the younger of the brothers, the one who inherited... The, 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 inherited, the inherited the consumption, yep. Yes, the inheritance is now due <laughs> and he has full-blown consumption. And his health is gradually worsening. There are fears that while he'll, he'll probably have a good few years in him, but not, not that many. If he dies, 
his inheritance would naturally pass to his elder brother as the man of the family and um, a small amount would then pass to his sister and Ippolita as we've said is very studious and he's very careful with money he's very you know he's, he's a bit more noble than his brother who's out living the high life and he's troubled by his brother's reckless spending and he's worried that the money is going to be squandered so it's around this time as his health is worsening and he's thinking about his future and thinking about his lovely lovely money <laughs> that he quietly starts making inquiries with a notary to change his will to ensure that his sister would actually become the, the beneficiary of the bulk of his ah. inheritance and that August would only receive a very small annuity, I suppose it would be, mm-hmm. every single year. So he would only get a very small handout, no lump sum no for lump him. No lump sum for him. Well, that makes sense if he is quite so useless with cash. Exactly. Just give him a small amount every now and then to buy a kipper a week. <laughs> a kipper in France? Yes. What am I talking about? I have no idea where you got that from. For baguettes. Yes, baguettes. baguettes. Absolutely. Yes, baguettes and onions. There and we garlic. are. Garlic, yeah, absolutely. And, and brie. And absolutely. And br- oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I know. I'll be happy with that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no money. Just give me a yeah. weekly supply of bread and brie and garlic and some wine. And then uh, just give me the grapes. I'll make it myself. <laughs> I am so sorry to any French listeners <laughs> or anyone who's vaguely French. You know, it's going to get worse. I'm, sorry, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still waiting for some insulting accents to come out. Yet, so, um... I, I, I will, I will save that for when we do quote. Bits. Oh, excellent! I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going to read the story in a French accent. Ooh. So yes, he's made these inquiries to a notary about making sure that August would not get this big lump sum. He tells Edme as well. He says, you know, what he's going to do. Edme supports him completely. They are very close friends, actually. They're, they're much closer than, than August is to Edme, the, the outsider. And also, Edme's a doctor, and he's been helping Hippolyte, ah. who is very sick. And obviously, if you've got a friend who's a doctor, it's going to save you some pennies and everything. <laughs> and he cares a lot about his friends, so he's going to look after him and give him good advice. He's a good friend. In September 1822, uh, Hippolyte visits a spa to take the waters. Do they go to yeah, somewhere, somewhere lovely like Margate or something? Uh, yes, I believe he did. Excellent. He, did, he, he, he put it down that he wanted to go to Margate. No other, pla- no other place like Vichy or, you I know... Lords, no, not lords. I don't think. Lo- Why would you go to? Well, it's, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a spa place. I think it's more full of nuns. It's full of nuns who throw water at you and force yeah. you to drink some weird bog water, and then go there as a saint. It's not but a relaxing he, 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 trip. He could have gone there and had a vision or something. You don't know. And his vision was of Margate. A vision was <laughs> Kiss of me quick hats. Absolutely. <laughs> it was the place to go to get get the sea air, cure your consumption. Not Sweetie. in France. You go to, to you go to where is it? Uh, Le Touquet. That's a French beach area that, that I know that, of. That is a French place. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is. It's lovely. I've been there. I flew there on a very small plane. I didn't fly the plane when you I'm... were recovering from TB. Exactly. You yeah, they had from your mother. <laughs> Well, that's how my mother died, and that was her dying wish. Put my daughter in a small plane and fly her to Latouke so she will never succumb to this illness. This has gone to a weird place. It has gone to a weird place. So Hippolyte did all of that. Yeah, he went to Latouke in a plane. But he goes to take the waters in this spa, wherever it is. Um, Edme goes to visit him regularly to keep him company, to make sure he's okay, uh, make sure he's recovering. On Hippolyte's return to to Paris, he's doing okay, but it's only a few days after he arrives back in Paris that his condition worsens quite a bit quite a bit he's now vomiting his face is swollen his eyes are completely red now they don't call a doctor because Edme is there to help him and is to take care of him he says that no one should come and see Hippolyte mainly because the sister the younger sister is is knocking on the door saying she wants to see her brother she insists on seeing her brother because he's ill Edme is kind of yes and he's gently saying to her you are going to agitate him 
if you see him. He's going to get agitated if he sees anyone. He really needs to keep calm. If you want to, you can put on this big bonnet so he doesn't know it's you and look in the mirror that's kind of angled towards the bed. Right. It, uh, well, she she does okay. this, but then she doesn't really get a good look at him. So, so Ippoli, in his sort of ill delirium, just sees this figure in a big black hat in the corner of the room. <laughs> There one minute and gone the next sort of thing. <laughs> so his sister has now become the figure of death in the corner. Um, I'm sure he's now very so, relaxed. So relaxed. So, so relaxed. relaxed. Absolutely fine. Yeah, not at all anxious or concerned <laughs> at this point. <laughs> to make matters worse is once she hears about the big hat and he's saying, well, look, he can't see you. Um, the sister comes back um, having borrowed a bunch of servants' clothes and dresses up in those and goes, look, he'll never know it's me. I'm a servant. La, 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 la. I think she says that, exactly. Exactly that, as she goes throughout the room. La, 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 no. As all servants do. Yes, they do. They are cleaning whistle while you work. La, 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 la. So she does that. Um, Edme just like, no, no, you can't come in. This is, this is mental. By all accounts as well, the sister, because she can't go in and see her brother, who is very, very ill, she's takes a room next door she goes to the room next to her brother's like where the wall is and she's crawling around on all fours trying to hear her brother's voice and pressing up against the wall so i'm starting to side with edme a bit here yes, of why actually, she was not let I'm in i'm thinking probably why is that she wasn't let in yes that sounds weird you know regardless of her actions at all the brother is is in agony and he's very very unwell his condition worsens and worsens it becomes so distressing to the point where edme goes you have to get another doctor in i can't watch my friend in this condition anymore please get someone else in to help him another doctor comes but it's no good Ippolite is dead the next morning after this doctor arrives a post-mortem is carried out by the doctor Dr um, Segalas and by Edme who's, who's a doctor mm-hmm. he can do it and together they conclude that it is death by pleurisy which is an inflammation of the lungs, lungs. Thing, yeah. yes it's lungs it's lungs it's lungs it's mainly lungs, it's lungs. he basically lungs. he died of lungs <laughs> his lungs are he's, he's got nine lungs in here and they're all bad so Ippolit dies leaving his 260,000 francs that he inherited from his parents now what's the problem here well, well there's no cause for suspicion because if Ippolit dies of natural causes who would have a reason to kill him well did he have it was his new will in place of going to money to the sister rather than the, the older brother uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that would be very intriguing wouldn't it yeah. if a will see i uh, listen yeah. to what you what you're saying <laughs> i'm glad i've taken notes <laughs> you haven't i can no, see I you <laughs> but i remembered words yes the will i told you about where he changed it in favor of his sister only giving danny danny annuities to his brother well that's missing where is this will that he told Edme of and he told other people about? <laughs> there were rumours abound. Now, this man who was very careful about his bookkeeping, his receipts, apparently the day before he became very ill, he was writing out receipts and making payments and keeping them meticulously, yet he has no will, which is crazy mm. for a man who is ill. Just a few days later, August, the older brother, is writing to an associate saying he desperately needs 100,000 francs. Oh. Would you like me to do this in a French accent? I, I would now. I'm waiting. I say, you, t- you said when the quotes <laughs> came, it would be in French. So but it's... You've, to- you've told people now, you've made these promises. How dramatic a French accent do you want? Oh, very, I mean, this sounds like a very dramatic moment. His brother's just died. He's begging <laughs> his friend for 100,000 francs. I mean, it's his full heart-wrenching drama I want going on here to make me believe I'll it. Start off, I'll start off small and I'll build to the end, shall I? <clears throat> okay. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. It is with great grief I have to tell you 
that I have just lost my brother. I write at the same time to say that I must have 100,000 francs today, if possible. <laughs> I have the greatest need of it. Destroy my letter and reply at once. <laughs> I think in the middle of that, I went a tiny bit German. There was, there was something strange going on in there. I was um, trying to go like, no, 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 dampen it, dampen it, dampen it. Make it a little conversational. Um, so there we go, the drama, the drama. Yes, he's written... That was to, quite dramatic. I applaud you. To translate away from my magnificent French, because uh, that was French, is that he's written to someone saying he needs 100,000 francs, destroy the letter. Why does he need money so fast? Why, why, why? If Hippolyte died in Teste, if there is no will then August would surely receive the largest portion of his money. He stands to benefit. And the sister would only get a small chunk. But that will, ah, that will, that will that would see the sister get most of the money. What if it hasn't been destroyed? What if it's in the position of someone else? In the position of someone else. Possession of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's masquerading as someone else. He's got the, the will's got a hat on. <laughs> it's in the mirror. <laughs> what if it's in the possession of someone else? That moment of drama was absolutely shot to shit there. Yeah, okay. What if the will is still around? There we are. There we go. <laughs> now, August learns from a contact that a copy of the will has been found and is being held by his father's former clerk, a man named Labrette. Who is this man who has contacts? <laughs> he has a contacts, but I don't know. He has contacts. Is he now some sort of secret spy? <laughs> <laughs> I put the word contact in there to make it seem mysterious. Friend, associate. <laughs> What's colleague. wrong with contact? What's wrong man with contact? On the well, it sounds like, oh, I've got, I've got, oh, it sounds weird. <laughs> Got, I've got I've got contacts. I have. I've got contacts. I've got contacts everywhere. Well, excuse me that he was tipped off in this matter of intrigue. That I use the word. All oh, right, he was. He learned from Fred. Fred down there, the Fred, grocer. Good. His father's former clerk has a copy of the will. The will that will favour the sister, and the sister is going to pay the clerk eighty thousand francs to preserve it and ensure that it is valid. But. August is told by his goddamn contact <laughs> that if he can outbid his sister's offer, say up to 100,000 francs, then the clerk will destroy the will and declare that Hippolyte was intestate and August will receive the lion's share. This is very dodgy dealings going on here. Mm. I will destroy... You pay me, I'll destroy this will. Well... People are out to make a fast mm. buck. All your... Those contacts have contacts. Very <laughs> those, contact, those contacts need paying. Everyone needs paying. All he has to do is raise this 100,000 francs and give it to the clerk. He is told by his good friend, Edme Castang. And Edme adds that he is more than happy to act as a go-between and to deliver this 100,000 francs to this clerk. Ta-ta-ta! Mm, he's, he's turned into a slightly slippery, sneaky man. Slippery, sneaky, like a snake of the grass, you might even call him. Yeah, mm. indeed. <laughs> yes. He was all best mates looking after him. Now he's dead. The close, close friend of Hippolyte who knew that he, they would both be coming into an inheritance and who knew that his friend who he tended through his sickness was going to make a will and had mentioned about giving more of his money to his sister... The man that he had gone to visit while he was in the spa, while he was in Paris, constantly talking to him. Edme, who also visited a Paris chemist a few weeks before Hippolyte had gone to the spa and subsequently fallen ill and had bought 10 grains of morphine acetate. 
I see now he's killed him. Well, he's bought morphine. He's a doctor, don't you know? <laughs> he returned to buy another 10 grains later on. It seems quite a lot. Well, given that the medical dose of uh, morphine acetate at the time was one-eighth of a grain, and three was <laughs> enough to kill you. And he's, a, he's just bought 20. He's just bought 20. Edme had studied vegetable toxins, which morphine acetate is one of. And he had attended lectures by Professor Orfila. Oh, we've met him before. The famous toxicologist. He would be involved yes. in the Marsh test and the... And the and yes, in the Marie Le, Legrange the, case. Oh, yeah. Every time you say Marie Legrange, I think uh, Legrange Eleganza. Legrange, les sages, les branches. He had been attending his lectures, learning that vegetable poisons mm. like morphine acetate are very, very hard to trace in the human body. They have a very bitter taste. That's the one thing about them. But they had been used by the medical profession in only a few years previously, but were hailed as a wondrous sedative an absolutely wonderful piece of medicine I don't know why it's a piece of medicine it's a bit of medicine <laughs> for the profession and Edme could have treated Hippolyte with large doses of morphine acetate very easily and watched him slowly die in agony without ever coming under suspicion he doesn't seem to be getting anything out of this though Unless he's is he now charging for his go between services? This is very true. You know what what does he have to gain? Because Edme is not a member of this family. He cannot mm. benefit from the inheritance at all. But August has raised the hundred thousand francs that is needed to pay off this clerk, and he sold off some of his property and his possessions just to ensure that he gets more money out of his brother's lot. I mean, he has he's starting to run out of money, so he needs it quite badly. And sure enough, he hands the money over to Edme. Very trusting. Of course, Edme doesn't hand it over. Of course not. He keeps it. He knew that either because of his close friendship with Hippolyte, that the will had never been finalised and either never existed, or he could have destroyed it. Oh, cunning. Okay. If he's in the house, he doesn't let anyone into the room. He doesn't let anyone see his brother. He can just Mm. be rifling through his stuff, getting hold of this will destroying it so he can spin a line to the brother yeah and say this will exist because people have sort of heard rumors about it and it's it's Mm. perfect and the notary would have heard about it as well but he's destroyed it he knows that it doesn't exist so he can pretend that he's paid off someone okay that's quite cunning (laughs) that's that's, that's quite cunning well the inheritance was 260 260 he's just got he's just got a hundred of it he's just got a hundred of it that's pretty yeah good for you well what do you what do you do with well unless he's, give, he's killed his friend for it that's that's fun well he, he very much maybe has done that mm. yes but what do you do when you've got a hundred thousand francs you uh you pay off your debts pay off your debts yep. uh you send a little money home to mama send some money oh, to mama. uh give about four grand to your mistress well absolutely yes standard. exactly standard and he's what well, got now at least 15 children by now <laughs> by all these widows he has to give um, them a shilling each they're not even in England, but he still does that because, you know, the exchange rate is really good. He's had his money. He's cleared his debts. He's given some money to Mama. He's got his mistress happy. All done and dusted. There is a story of the three brothers. Or is it, Nick? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't actually got to the poisoning discovery bit. Well, the thing is, if, if that had really happened, then I wouldn't be telling the story. If that was all that was happened, because we wouldn't know. <laughs> Why kill one brother, though, Nick? When you can kill two. The story continues because August is obviously incredibly grateful to Edme for helping him out of this tricky business. Tricky, tricky business. Now, whatever the truth is of the matter, all August knows is that he's broken the law. He's, he's, he's engaged in some shady dealings to make sure that he gets, you know, the benefit of his late brother's will. So he's 
indebted to Edme. And so he agrees, decides whatever the setup is, to leave Edme a substantial inheritance in his own will. Edme look has a, has him over a barrel. Whether he's being friendly, whether August works this out in his own head or Edme is making sort of veiled threats, he's going, look, I just helped you out massively to break the law and to screw over your sister. I know things that you don't want anyone else to know. So Ed- so August, while he might not want to pay out the money immediately, he'll go, well, I will take care of you later on in life. Whatever it is, Edme seems happy with it. The friendship does not flourish as a result of this. I, I can imagine not, no. I mean, I mean also, I mean, Edme's got just as much to lose in this if august does say fine and calls his bluff and says go to the authorities or whatever then edbase has got exactly just as much to lose if not more well where's the evidence of what Hippolyte died of the post-mortem was carried out by another doctor as long as as well as him yeah there's no evidence no, no, so, so there's no so, no okay so forget them forget the potential murder <laughs> forget the murdering but, <laughs> but anyways he's the one who's gone i will make sure this will doesn't see the light of day mm. and i if you give me this cash mm. now that is rather illegal as well yeah so he's got just as much to lose on that side of things than august does it would be it would be his word against the other brothers um i suppose yeah. edme probably has the benefit of being a respectable doctor a professional you know mm. august is a feckless layabout who was just true, living true. off his family's inheritance and is known to be greedy and is known to spend his money recklessly so edme is maybe playing on the fact that you know what i've i can probably twist a lie a lot better than you can and whatever he's done to the brother no one's questioned him about it even august mm-hmm. hasn't you know he hasn't Fair worked enough. it out so mm, if he had then he would be with the authorities but mm-hmm. yeah the relationship does not flourish because no, um august not. like just doesn't want to hang around with edme anymore there's i think there's every indication that edme is still trying to be mates with him he's probably like a creepy friend like maybe he's just being really weird august is far more interested in spending more time with his sexy new mistress oh oh, oh. he has a new mistress and he's lavishing her with gifts and money and parties edme's seeing this from the sidelines not only is he not happy about being sidelined literally he's also watching his potential inheritance being splashed all over a new bit of skirt Mm. Mm -mm -mm. won't do money's going down the drain on this tart so (laughs) Edme decides that it's time for him and August to, you know, mend their friendship and take a little trip together. <laughs> maybe to go okay. maybe to go fishing or to a farm upstate or down to right. the cellar or to the killing factory. No. <laughs> nothing nothing bad's ever happened in a cellar. Nothing bad's <laughs> ever happened there. So the two of them go to a little town outside of Paris, about six miles away, uh, with their staff as well, with their servants. Well, and I course. should point out in, in the writings at the time, it's it's really very nonchalantly described about how many black servants they have. <laughs> and it's not okay. Yes, I can imagine. That would not be well written. The one, but the one good thing is that they're not derogatory about the servants. They just keep saying about, and they use unflattering language. The good thing is that the servants are far smarter than anyone else in this story, and they become instrumental in giving evidence of going. It's very clearly this is what's happening. But yes, off they go to this little town, and the two of them spend the day sightseeing and taking dinner and strolling around the streets with onions around their neck and on tandem bicycles. Uh, and, I was going to say, are they at like a tandem bicycles with baguettes and? <laughs> Going through the, they're the fighting each other with baguettes. Absolutely, yes. pressing grapes barefoot in a barrel. So they're they're um. waltzing <laughs> under a lamppost. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. In the evening, they're at their hotel and they're in their rooms of the hotel. Um, Edmo orders some uh, some drinks to be ordered to the room. He's going to mix up a little cocktail for them. He orders some warmed wine. Nice. And he mixes this wine with a little sugar 
and a healthy dash of lemon. Nice. Lemony winey cocktails. Lemony winey cocktail. I'm thinking probably a red wine. Well, if it's warmed, then yes. I'm thinking probably probably like a mulled wine. If it it could be white wine. I've never tried hot white wine. I've tried Mm. hot white mulled wine once because I don't know what what was happening that day. But um, to be fair, I've never tried hot white wine with lemon and sugar in it. It might be nice. Not entirely convinced. Well, that's the second cocktail for people to make this evening. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we want hot wine. Take your pick. We want some with red, some with white. Let us know what's best. Hot wine. Hot wine. Hot nights. Hot wine. And they have this cocktail. It's lovely. August uh, drinks very happily, but he he complains there's a little bit too much lemon in his oh. drink. It's it's very bitter tasting. It tastes quite sour. <laughs> this is a point where he gives he gives his servant the drink and says, "Taste that. Do you think it's sour?" And the guy drinks it. And goes, yes, it's very sour. I don't. You really should not drink this. He's like, no, it's fine. It's It's fine. fine. More sugar, it's fine. And they drink their cocktails and they go off to bed separately, I believe. (laughs) You you, you believe in in hinting. I don't know, two guys on a a romantic trip in France. I don't know. With a a room full of servants. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) They've had some hot wine. Hot wine. (laughs) Hot wine and servants. It's all very exciting. Did not know this was your particular quirk, Nick. <laughs> so much you don't know. <laughs> this is what the plans are for the weekend. I like it. <laughs> so after their night of hot wine and servants, uh, they go to bed and August does not have a good night. He he is very restless at first and then he starts to develop terrible, terrible stomach pains. Interestingly enough, so does, so does Edme. Well, he doesn't have stomach pains, but he has a very restless night. So he can't sleep. He can't sleep. So so what he does is, is what anyone would do. He, he orders a cab, drives to two different chemists in Paris at 4am to buy both tartaromatic and morphine acetate. I mean, it's what I do when I can't sleep. Exactly. I, I just go stock up on poison. It's yeah. fine. While he's there, he... he casually chats to the chemist about which poisons that he stocks are more likely to escape detection as you do i mean he's a subtle man absolutely i mean yeah. in your pajamas <laughs> in your fluffy slippers at 4am staring at a chemist who's opened his shop <laughs> edme then goes back to the hotel where august was so ill now that his legs have swollen up he's really in a bad way edme gives him a glass of milk to help then fucks off for a walk for no reason the servant is noting all of this by the way the servant <laughs> he's, taking, Jean. he's taking notes he's, there in he's the just corner. standing there going where are you going what is going on i can see you putting shit in the milk <laughs> it, it's just worse and worse his friend is vomiting um edme demands that the vomit is thrown out as soon as the guy is sick is like get rid of it get rid of it and, which is not what you do if you're a doctor they they call for another doctor he says that you should get one from paris um august says get one right now i cannot wait for someone to come from paris a young chap turns up is the nearest local i love the idea of it's like some parochial kind of and he's apparently he's 25 they make a point of that some wet behind the ears doctor turns up with his bag and he of course declares that it's cholera the only possible thing it could be blame it on cholera so he uh prescribes lemonade nice Another lemony yes. thing going on there, more lemon. <laughs> Lovely lemony drink, cooling lemony drink. Sit on the veranda and fan yourself with a lemonade. Perfect for cholera. Edme, yeah, is like going, oh, that's great, that's fine, give me the lemonade. Spoonfuls of it he's shoving into August's mouth. is not getting better to the point where August is choking. He is gasping that he cannot, and he's, he's, he's hoarsely saying he cannot even swallow his own spit. He then goes into convulsions and then falls into unconsciousness. 
The young doctor is called back to tell him his lemonade treatment did not work. (laughs) So the young doctor, you know, steps up to the plate, ups his game and prescribes leeches. Nice. Yes. I mean, perfect, perfect. Leeches for for all. What? I don't know what century this child is from, that it's some weird kind of just lemonade and leeches will do you the world of good. Oh, and a spot of bloodletting, of course, as well. Oh, I mean, of course. Get the bad blood out. Another doctor is called uh, because this this kid is mental, apparently. (laughs) He comes in. Ah, I see what the problem is. More bloodletting. More More. bloodletting. (laughs) He's letting his blood... August has no blood left in him. It is reported... A shriveled little prune. He is. He has to, like, keep hitting his veins to try and get blood to even flow and then not taking this as a sign that something is desperately wrong. Too many leeches. (laughs) The leeches are huge by now, <laughs> staggering around the room. Whatever, all the bloodletting and leeches surprisingly do not work. And within a few hours, August is dead. Edme, during all of this, is wailing and sobbing at the top of his <laughs> voice about his friend. He's not He's not playing it down. He's not like doing the, the concerned doctor. No, no, no. He is running around talking about how awful it is that August is ill. He's declaring voluntarily that he is heir to Augustus's fortune <laughs> yeah over the top he lost his brother as well the doctor only the doctor sees sense it is sort of standing there going you you are really really drawing into the fact that you're the heir to this dying yes. man you need to be quiet now <laughs> and the doctor will go so far as to sort of say don't you think this is a bit not good for you and uh, Edme says, I'm not going to do it in a French accent. I'm just going to do it in a oh, dramatic Fay accent. I'll do it in a dramatic accent. He okay. replies to the doctor, you're right. My position is dreadful. Horrible. In my great grief, I, I, I had never thought of it until now. But now, oh, you make me see it clearly. Do, do you think there will be an investigation? <laughs> the doctor asks that he should be compelled to ask for a post-mortem. <laughs> Very much so. Yes, wise. Ah, you will be doing me the greatest service. I beg you, insist upon a post-mortem. You will be acting as a second father to me in doing so. Oh, God. <laughs> Calm me down, mate. Calm me down. <laughs> that in French. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> it would have been, been amazing if you'd done it in French. So. Well, I just thought it needed a bit more of a stupid me accent to do it. <laughs> French would have made it sound too elegant, I think, or sexy. <laughs> post-mortem was, was indeed carried out. Good. Edme uh, was held in the hotel during this post-mortem now the post-mortem found that there was no traces of foul play they couldn't that's because he was full of leeches (laughs) they'd sucked (laughs) all the poison out but while they couldn't find massive doses of poisoning as we might have seen in other cases the doctor rightly having seen edme dancing around the room screaming (laughs) says that he was not convinced that edme should be released just yet something's not right here he's being really really weird can you arrest him for being weird please do that (laughs) edmund is indeed placed under arrest and taken to paris now on his arrest edme decides he's going to feign insanity nice um how do how how would you feign insanity nick oh i mean there's pencils pencils up the nose (laughs) pants on the head pants on the head (laughs) very classic 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 um classic insanity no you need to go a bit more than that okay god I don't know. It's going to be something quite mad. Oh, it really God, is quite mad. <laughs> um, he feigns insanity by drinking his own urine. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> I just love the idea of that. He's like, I'm mad. Look, I'm going to drink it. See, <laughs> it could have been the perfect secret ingredient for the drink I was <laughs> Oh, my God. It really was we. <laughs> I know this story all along. It really was. Oh, that was the greatest poison of them all. <laughs> I just love the idea that he's in his cell and the guards are just standing outside going, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink my own wee. And like, go on. Fine, mate. <laughs> you go for it. Sure, he just wasn't thirsty. No, he gives up food and he demands that he's only going to drink his own wee because he's mental. He lasts three days doing this before he gives up. And he goes like, oh, no, I'm not crazy. This is horrible. (laughs) I don't like it anymore. (laughs) So, yes, he is taken to trial in November in 1823. He's charged with the murder of Hippolyte, the destruction of a document, uh, the, the will, essentially. Quite right. And he is also charged with the murder of Auguste Ballet. Three charges to be tried simultaneously. In the reports, he's described as rather attractive in appearance in the court. Um, <laughs> and, and this is it's how people define attractive. I always find this really weird. If you really picture this, um, his face long, mm. his features regular, his forehead high. How big is his face? <laughs> um, a long, high forehead. Yes, exactly. It's just a, he's all moon face. Um, his hair fair in colour, brushed back from the brows. He wore rather large side whiskers. Nice. So he's got a massive face with his hair slicked back and big and old big mutton chops. Burns. Yeah, yeah, mutton big chops mutton there. Chops. <laughs> Sexy. But people described him as looking more like a priest than a doctor with his downcast eyes, his gentle voice, his quiet, unassuming demeanour uh, lent him an air of patience and humility. Edme claimed that he had received the 100,000 francs that people could see that had been come into his possession that he'd paid off people with. He said it was from an uncle. An uncle. Couldn't say which uncle. Just random uncle. Random uncle. And he insisted that the morphine acetate that he had bought was harmless. And he went so far as to write repeatedly to chemists trying to get them to say that it was harmless. And they all... (laughs) None of them did. No. None (laughs) of them wrote back. They... No. No, 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 no. Now, the trial, many reports on the trial, it is, suffice it to say, is lengthy and sensational. (laughs) They could not, though, continue with the charge of murdering Hippolyte because there was not enough evidence for this. Mm. Now, you know, maybe... Maybe, well, I think it's very unlikely that he wasn't responsible for it. Yes, but really, it doesn't sound like But that's it. it. He, he bought the morphine, but he's a doctor. No one could testify of actually seeing him give an overdose. There's no evidence in his body. It's just he happened to die in his care is pretty damn suspicious, but no evidence. But when it came to Auguste, Professor Orfila himself was asked for his opinion. And he said it would be impossible to detect poison in the corpse because of the lack of samples of vomit because Uh, Edme had insisted they be thrown out. He's a student of the professor. Mm -hmm. He knows his stuff. He insisted everything was thrown away. Had he had a sample, though, the professor said, he would have been certain to prove the poison's presence. Edme, you know, despite his attractive appearance and his soft, soft demeanour, when he took the stand, he absolutely crumbled. He fell into numerous traps, told lie after lie. He was drawn in by the prosecution Mm. into various kind of like dead ends of things. And the public favour in him absolutely vanished. The biggest thing that would come out of this case, what was determined was that vegetable poisons leave no trace. So poisoning can be committed with pretty much impunity. So have at it. Go for it. Exactly. Arsenic? No, 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 no. Veggie poisons? Fill your boots, mate. Fill your boots, kill (laughs) everybody you know. The jury ultimately found Edme not guilty of murdering Hippolyte, but guilty of destroying his will, 
and the majority of the jury, seven to five, found him guilty of murdering August. Mm. And he was sentenced to death. Mm. In the final, final stages, and in a very, very poisonous cabinet way, two days before his sentence was due to be carried out, Edme tried to kill himself in prison by using a poison that a friend had smuggled into him via a pocket watch. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. He did not go through with it. Ah. It didn't work, or he just decided he wouldn't go through with it. But he was guillotined on the 6th of December. I would have gone with the poison. 1823. Mm. Eh, guillotine's going to be quicker. It is, but it's also slightly more terrifying. Yes. That is the story of two brothers and their terrible friend, Edme. The doctor with the morphine. <laughs> and the leeches. Oh, no, he didn't have the leeches. No, he didn't have the leeches. Too many doctors with leeches. Indeed. And that is the first reported case of a doctor using morphine to kill rather than cure. The Ooh. precursor, shall we say, or the predecessor to the likes of John Adams and Harold Shipman. Mm. Oh, very good. Da-da-da. I like that. It's a good story. There's yeah. all, everything was there, wasn't it? Everything was there, <laughs> absolutely. Poison, leeches... Hot wine and servants. Oh, <laughs> everything you could possibly want. It's all in there. Three friends who were torn Three. apart by greed. Sexy, sexy greed. A sister who was just there and in the sister background. In hats. Sister, sister in many hats. Dressing up as servants. Hats. But there we go. Yeah, I love I, I do like that story. Morphine acetate. Mm. It's, a, it's a type of morphine. Again, my yes. chemistry knowledge is not high at this point. But it is a type of morphine that is a vegetable poison. It tastes really bitter, but you cannot detect it. And it was used as, it was a miracle sedative at the time. Everyone was like, oh my God, it's the best thing that's ever been made. Kill people with it. <laughs> kill people. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we do with it. This miracle cure. Let's kill everyone. <laughs> kill everyone in the whole world. So do you think he was guilty? I think it's probably more than likely, yes. <laughs> it is pretty cut and dry that way. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's probably quite likely he was. What's your favourite so. kind of hot wine? Well, you know, well, I mean, there, there is, there's obviously a mulled wine. Um, I've not had a, I must admit, I've not had a hot white wine before. That something about that sounds weird to me. They, they have it. It is a thing. I think I bought it from Marks and Spencers. Other brands mm. are available. But yeah, there was a one year when when shopping for mulled wine, there was a bottle of hot mulled white wine, uh, and it was perfectly pleasant. Perfectly pleasant. Mm. I don't think yeah. I would choose to do it. So not that pleasant. Well. I, I don't remember it, but then maybe I blacked out after drinking it. Well, that could have been that could have been it. So the secret was I needed more lemon and sugar. Apparently, <laughs> absolutely, it was a pancake. Just... Yes. <laughs> so, what do you think, people? Do you know the story? What do you think of Edme and the Ballet Brothers? Do you think they did ballet on the side? And if they did, what kind of outfits did they wear? Hmm, hmm, hmm. We want your thoughts. Have you ever had hot white wine? Oh, well, indeed. Yes. Is it is it good? Should we make some later? Right now. <laughs> Make this now. Go, go, go. Just, you know what? Make some hot white wine wherever you are. If I get this edited in time, it'll still be Friday night. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think of the brothers? Uh, I think this one's pretty cut and dried. But, I, uh, think, I don't think there's much ambiguity in this one, I have to say. I think it's fairly, yeah, yeah fairly, but, fairly straightforward. Dry, really. But yeah. this was, I did see it as a precursor to some of the deadly doctor cases that we will be doing in the future. Um, certainly John Adams, uh, who's a little bit more historic. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Shipman, hmm, people will take your votes on that. Is that a main episode one or is it a Patreon one? Normally the stuff that is kind of 90s plus, even 80s plus, really, we save for Patreon because 
well, it's 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 kind of close to home. We all remember it, I think. Um, Indeed. But should Shipman be on the main episode? Because it won't be a laugh a minute. I'm not going to lie. No, say I'm not. I'm not convinced it should. No, um, I have to say it because I don't think it's going to be particularly jolly. Because um, this one was jolly. This one was funny. This, this one was, was a laugh this, a minute. This one was jolly. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's... there were widows. There were servants. It was great. It was great. Marvellous. What more do you want in a story? Indeed. Well, thank you so much for your patience this week. And we're sorry this episode was a little bit late. Sometimes stuff happens, but we really, really appreciate all the messages that everyone actually sent saying, Indeed, don't even worry lovely. about it. Thank you. Because we love you so much. We, we do this for you. So we never like to let you down. And we're glad that we didn't this week. So enjoy the episode. And... Tell us what you think in the comments of this story, of the episode on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Send us your thoughts and your messages and your pictures of you enjoying cocktails. Definitely, definitely, definitely mix up a gold rush. Well, indeed. So the recipe will be out at some point, depending on when this goes out. We shall put the recipe out for the cocktail. Well, maybe we'll do this the, the, the recipe early. If you're listening to this, this is very meta. <laughs> but maybe just put out the recipe and then people can mix it up and then listen to the story, particularly on a Saturday morning. It'd be great. And come and talk to us on social media. Come and check us out on Patreon if you haven't already. Go to our merch store if you need any Poisonous Cabinet themed gift. Valentine's Day is coming up. Give someone you love something that says, I'll poison you in your sleep. <laughs> do we have that? Can we, can we have that? Oh, no. Well, you know what you should do? Actually, go over to Morticulture to the wonderful, glorious Carla Valentine. She has uh, Multiculture. We follow her on Instagram. She has the most amazing set of Valentine's cards that are very macabre and weird. And she's tagged us in one set and they are poison themed. Go check out her stuff. Don't come to us for Valentine's Day. Well, get a, get a hoodie and then hand someone the card. <laughs> but definitely go check out her Valentine's cards because she is so delicious, so wonderful. And her products are incredible. We, we're not sponsored. We just fucking love her. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you bye